Clay County head football coach Bruce Lamb and uh, Coach Lamb, obviously a lot to talk about from this game on the field, but I want to start with the thing you pointed out to me this week. Just how nice was it to be back in Salina, and what was that atmosphere like for round one of the playoffs in Clay County? Uh, it's great. Uh, you know, it's great being here in front of the home crowd and uh, just having those guys cheer behind you. And, you know, we walked out on the field tonight and our little walk down there, a little pathway and all the alumni uh, football players standing out there and, and uh, encouraging those kids. I mean, there's nothing like it. I've done this 30 years and there's, there's nothing like those guys coming out there and doing what they did and encouraging these players. Well, certainly it, it came to pass that the encouragement helped out a whole lot. Uh, you look at this first half, and it was kind of a tightly contested ball game. Sale Creek uh, putting up a real fight in the end. You guys, though, end up with an 18 to, to – or you end up with a win. That's what I'm trying to get at here. Uh, what, <laughs> what, what, uh, what were they able to do kind of in that first half, and how proud were you of your team's adjustment at the, uh, at the half? Well, you know, it, it wasn't uh, what they did. It's what we did. You know, we made a couple of mistakes. They had one good drive on us, and we had a blown coverage. They, uh, you know, I think it had like a 30-yard gain on it and put them in pretty good position. And then uh, we just didn't, we didn't wrap up we, and, and uh, tackle real well, and they scored on us. And uh, then we went up on them, I believe it was, and uh, and uh, they we threw a ball, a little swing pass, and, it was backwards, and uh, we dropped it, and we didn't cover it, and they cut, they ran in for a touchdown, which put them ahead. Uh, but then right before half, we scored, and, um, you know, I think we only had one punt in the first half. We just, you know, we made some mistakes, uh, things that we can't do, and uh, gave, put them in the game with us. And then the second half, we came out and, and corrected things and, and, and did a good job and, um, you know, put them away. Yeah, again, what did you really kind of love from your team there coming out in the second half, not letting the first half beat them, right? Not going out there and continuing to make mistakes, uh, really kind of self-policing, cleaning those things up, uh, and, and running away with this one. The uh, first thing I loved was that, uh, you know, that's a very physical football team, and uh, our guys lined up and, and went uh, toe-to-toe with them, never backed down. And uh, the second half, we just executed uh, offensively, I think we had about 450 yards offense tonight, and uh, Nate uh, uh, threw for four touchdowns, and Aiden Soto ran the ball extremely hard. He had over 100 yards rushing, and uh, we brought in uh, Aiden had to come out of the game, and we brought in Leighton Brown, who's our uh, one of our seniors and backup running back, and uh, you know he came in, he had 66 yards on 10 carries, so and a touchdown, so. You know, uh, kids stepping up when they had to and, and doing a good job and, and just executing. You and me talked about for most of this season that this offense, once it got going, that it could do some of the things it was able to do tonight. How dangerous can your team be when the offense is cl- finally kind of clicking at the right time? We, we're, You know, and, and that's the thing. We have kids that uh, – uh, athletes at different positions, uh, a lot of different positions, and and uh, when they perform and and do the things the right way, we, you know we're, we're pretty dangerous because we got kids that can run the ball, we got kids that can catch and and get open, and definitely got a quarterback who can throw the ball. I mean, I think he's got twenty touchdowns now and right at two thousand yards, and there's never been a two thousand yard passer in Clay County history, and I think he's like two yards away. So, you know, uh, 
you know, our kids can, you know, they can play. We just got to put everything together and, and do it at the right time. Well, with that being said, you talked about having to put everything together. Uh, how do you turn the page, right? You want to enjoy this one for certain. I'm sure you will. Uh, but but Sunday and Monday get get here very quickly, and all of a sudden it's next Friday. How do the Clay County Bulldogs turn the page uh, after the weekend and, and get set for another one? Well, you know, we we, uh, we we love this time of the year. You know, this is uh, this is what it's all about. Um, you know, we're one and zero right now, and you know, next week we're going to be zero and zero going against uh, the number one team in the state. And and uh, we, you know, we want to be ready for that challenge. We know it's not going to be easy, but we know if we if we can pull some things off, it'll definitely be worth it. And uh, you know, I, I don't think I got to say a whole lot to these guys. Uh, they're excited about the challenge, and. Uh, We'll, you know, we're going to go down there and give it everything we got. We'll see what happens. Yeah, coach, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna point it out, but you did it for me. So we'll end on this note. You mentioned it right there. Number one team in the state. I mean, this is uh, a team that everyone has kind of made a big deal out of. Whoever comes in second this year might as well hang a banner. How do you, you know, you mentioned it. You don't have to maybe say something to the guys, but how do you guys, as a coaching staff and as a team, uh, prepare for? Uh, a team like that on Friday night on the road. You know, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. They're they're good. I mean, they're really good. They've got a lot of speed everywhere, and uh, you know, it's a football town, and you got to go down there and do it. But I mean, uh, you know, they're human beings just like us, and uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And you know, we got to go line up, make them huddle up, and and we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, uh, this football is a, is a funny game, and and, and you know, you never know what's going to happen, and. And I know there are kids that's going to give everything they got, and uh, they're going to leave you on the field. And you know, uh, maybe we'll get some things that uh, go our way and, and have that opportunity. Clay County Bulldogs head coach Bruce Lamb, Coach Lamb, always appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to me, and looking forward to one heck of a ball game on Friday night. Well, thank you, Colin. I appreciate it, and we sure hope it is. It's the weekly post-game press conference. Your coaches, your teams. The Mountain Barn Builders High School Playbook. Head coach Derwin Wright, Dragons of York Institute. Uh, coach, last night a 61-piece uh, over Eagleton Academy. Your offense had put up 40-plus uh, in the two previous games as well. What had the offense clicking last night uh, to eclipse that 60 mark? Well, we... Uh... We were just running the ball. We didn't, we didn't attend, you know, we didn't throw a pass last night. Uh, Rylan Miller had 185 yards rushing, three touchdowns. Logan Pinnell had uh, 107 yards. He, he averaged 14 yards of carry. Uh, Miles left you. Uh, he, he was in almost a hundred yards. Uh, it just, uh, it was the, the, the offensive line was took control up front and the, and the rushing game was going. And then, the you know, we Bryson Bilber, uh we moved him from tight end fullback. He had touchdown force, and then uh, he had a 61-yard interception return in the second quarter for a touchdown. Uh, so our our, our defense uh, uh, also Tanner Talent had an interception for a touchdown. So we had two two touchdown scores off interceptions by our defense. All right, well, let's stay with the offense for a minute. Certainly, okay. we'll have to talk about that defense. But what did you see on film? Because I, I don't care how good or bad a team is, 
when you can not attempt to pass and and have the success you did, clearly it's something you saw coming into the game. What is it you saw that gave you confidence that you guys could really dominate this ball game in the trenches and on the ground? Well, in, a, in, in our film breakdown, we noticed uh, uh, one of the two teams that we traded film with, they were running one of our sets that we ran, and uh, uh, I've always been a double-wing guy. I hadn't ran it really this year, but we practiced it. We we just, you know, it's one of those things I've done it so long, I always, I always work on it, practice it. Uh, it's, uh, you know, just part of what I've done. And so when we saw, we saw alignment, uh, I, just the way they were lined up on it, uh, and the way the defense was pursuing, I knew that we had the off tackle power and we could run the counter. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we started in that and, and it just, it just clicked and worked. On the opposite side, you brought it up. Your defense shows up, gets two touchdowns themselves on interceptions, what were your kind of your defensive backs doing last night? Obviously, uh, assuming the front seven helped out a whole lot with pressure, but what were your uh, defensive backs able to do last night to see the ball so well uh, and then find the end zone? Well, the 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 two interceptions. The first one was the outside linebacker, and the and the second one was the inside linebacker. They uh, oh, I love that. They ran. Yeah, they were our linebacker. Yeah, they uh, they uh, they ran a lot of you know they ran some RPOs on us and. Uh, First RPO they they ran, uh, we uh, our our defensive guys scouted it real well, and Coach Winningham had had a great plan for it, and and they they went to run that RPO, and uh, Miles left, you broke on it, and I mean just just laid a pop on this kid, and uh, uh, you know, and and then we had pressure on the quarterback, but uh, Bryson Bilbrey uh, intercepted his interception came on a. Uh, crossing route they were running crossing he's sitting in his zone and, and he read it perfect step in front of it went 61 yards for a touchdown and then the uh, second interception was uh, a curl route and uh tanner uh from inside linebacker you know he, he's got to cover that curl area and he he just popped out there and, and the quarterback didn't see him step in front of it and got one so uh those guys did a great job but the the back end of our secondary what they did such a great job with is they ran a lot of uh, wheel routes, crossing routes, and things like that. And our guys were our guys were communicating, not getting anything, letting anything behind them, and uh, uh, you know passing those off to the others. So I, I was really pleased with how they played. Sixty-one points. Uh, the game never really felt like it was in doubt, according to to people I've talked to that were. Uh, in attendance, what does it do for you guys coming off of an undefeated season in which you played a lot of tough ball games and a lot of really, really good teams? What does it do for you guys to go out here in round one of the postseason and kind of coast to a win, maybe get a little bit of rest knowing what's still in front of you uh, to accomplish all your goals? Well, we, we, you know, we had, we had some guys that got banged up a little last night. Hopefully everybody's all right, but, uh, you know the 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 thing that we have, is, you know, I've been preaching to them continually about we we've just not had we just not had a, a perfect game. You know, we've turned the ball over in every football game, and uh, I said, you know, it's not. We need to go out and just just take this this game one. We're starting a new season over, uh, and you know, you, you play as long as you're winning. And I said, let's let's fix us. Let's no turnovers, and let's have some takeaways on defense and. Uh, 
guys just responded. I mean, they really responded, and they, and, and they were having fun playing the game last night. They were excited for each other, and it was a, it was a great atmosphere. And, uh, you know, I, I was proud of our team and our receivers. I come in halftime. And I've got I've got some really good receivers, and they're going to be very involved in the offense as we go down the road. But you know, you, you always if you're not throwing the ball, you always get those receivers. Well, coach, throw me the ball, throw me the ball. You know, nobody said they, hey, one of them come up, pat me on the back, and said, "Just keep running it, coach. This is going great." You know, so I, I love that. I, I love that non selfish attitude. Certainly, you can't you can't listen you can't look to hear something much better as a coach. Uh, head coach Derwin Wright, York Dragons joining us. Coach, before we let you go, uh, we can talk specifically about Oneida coming up next week. But just as you've kind of started to maybe turn the page in your mind, seven and three Oneida coming in there next week. Where do the Dragons have to get better uh, with a very very good seven and three team coming in next week? Absolutely, absolutely. They're a very good team, uh, and uh, you know we had a hard fought battle over. It was a, a lot closer game than the score and. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we scored really with two or three seconds on the clock when we were supposed to block the ball. But the, the guys had been told with about a minute something to go, you know, run 28 power and, and, until, until they stop it or the clock runs out. So, but anyway, uh, they, they've got a good football team. They're very balanced. They're solid. They've got a good running attack, good passing attack. Uh, great, great. Four four defense play it well, uh, and uh, you know so uh, it's going to be a, this is going to be a uh, hard tough second second round game. Derwin Wright, Dragons, your of the um, words, coach, York Institute Dragons head football coach. I appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to me, and uh, man, looking forward to that that matchup next week. Appreciate you, thank you. Cookville Cavaliers head coach Taylor Hennigan, thanks to a five-game winning streak and, of course, some help. The Cavs got to host a playoff game last night at Eddie Watson Stadium. Coach, 340-plus yards, I want to say, of offense, 320 or so of that was on the ground. What had your run game and your line playing so dominantly last night? Yeah, just, uh, you know, I think I mentioned before, just we're, we're difficult to prepare for. Um, from a schematic standpoint, just because kind of the multiple um, people getting the ball and, and different ways that we're running the football. Um, but, you know, obviously it comes down to guys pushing people around and, and our offensive line just uh, dominated um, last night and did a really good job and tight ends and backs and um, really, really good job um, up front. Yeah, you guys are, are in one of those situations where when you're playing this well, things seem to fall forward or you spin out of things. Uh, talk to me about Blake and and Caden and several others last night, especially uh, you know Caden Outlaw at one point near the goal line gets met right at the line of scrimmage by a safety, spins out of it and finds his way into the end zone. Uh, how much easier does it kind of make your job and how much better does it make the run game when it feels like guys are kind of bouncing off tackles instead of falling backwards? Yeah, I did, did a good job of that. I mean, that's, that's him. That's, you know, when he, when he does stuff like that, you think about just the way that he's led us in the summer program, the way that he works out in the weight room every day. Um, that's just how he does everything. And, and to, to kind of spin 
and get, I guess, tackled almost backwards and then fall into the end zone. Just he, he's smaller than probably everyone that's tried to tackle him, but um, just his desire to to fall forward and to spin out of tackles and to fight for that extra yardage has been has been something that's been cool to see all year. Um, and happy for him to get in the end zone uh, again last night and. You know Jordan and Blake and and Thomas, um, you know running over people and and you know we thought we could move it a little bit. We we you know it's a good defense that we played. Um, they, they've been very solid, so we thought we could you know kind of pound it a little bit. But we had a lot more um, explosive runs maybe than than I expected. Um, and, and a credit to those guys. Yeah, what does it say about your team and, and along this five-game winning streak and now into the playoffs that you're going into games and kind of surprising yourselves, right? It's not so much that we didn't expect to win or we didn't expect to have success, but you're going in and you're having more explosive plays. You're you know causing more turnovers. What does it say about the way your team has kind of built confidence and they're playing uh, when you're able to go in and, and even kind of surprise yourselves yeah, um, and, and again, I think that was just a credit to to Siegel and their coaching staff of of how good of a job defensively that they've done. It wasn't, you know, certainly um, we have we have confidence in ourselves, um, but you know, we we felt like you know defensively they were structured very well and and got some really good players. So uh, you know, we thought grinding grinding it out and and trying to get three four yards a pop, you know, was kind of going to be what what we're going to have to do to win the game. And, and some of those three, four, you know, yard runs turned into eight, nine, 10, 12, um, yard runs as the night went on. So, um, it is good to see and, and, you know, confidence and, and momentum is a, is a funny thing. You know, you got it. Um, it seems like you can call whatever you want. Um, sometimes when you don't have it, you're, you're struggling to figure out what play to call. So, uh, right now, you know, obviously we've, we've got some confidence and some momentum. So, uh, it, those guys, you know, the players make our job easy. They've, they've executed and, and really done a, a really good job. You talk a lot about their defense. Your defense last night steps up, limits athletes. Siegel, you had talked about all week uh, the athletes they have. Your defense comes out, really seems to limit those guys. Uh, what worked for your defense being able to kind of get aggressive as you have the back half of the season and play downhill? Yeah, kind of more of the same. Just trying to mix it up. We, you know, we knew we were going to have to pressure the quarterback. Um, you know, we were confident of kind of what we what we saw we were going to get on film, and um, so we, you know, kind of knew we would have to mix it up and pressure the quarterback. And um, again, we've done a good job of that the last, you know, whatever five six weeks, and. Um, we were able to get some pressure. You know, we gave up a couple of uh, really one one run in particular. We didn't fit properly, and that was their really their only touchdown. Their their second touchdown was more of a result of an offensive play uh, with giving them short field position. But um, you know, guys are playing fast and and physical, and and we thought if we limited the explosive plays, that we'd have a chance to keep the points down. Um, and minus two or three plays, uh, we did that. We kept everything in front and, and just rallied to the ball. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, hosting a playoff game at Eddie Watson Stadium, it's a 35-14 to 14 win. What was that atmosphere like last night? 
uh, for you, for members of your coaching staff who, as you've mentioned, uh, obviously played in, in big-time playoff games in that stadium, and obviously for these seniors who you get to uh, send out, hopefully at least on that positive note. Yeah, that, that was important and, and a big step for our program, and, and just happy for those guys. That That is a memory that they'll have, and that's when they think about their experience as a Cookville football player, it's going to be, yeah, I would imagine that most of our team is going to think about um, last night and the coming weeks, they're they're going to remember those. That's that's what I think about is the the second and third round playoff games um, that that are just really good battles with an awesome crowd. And um, I'm just happy that our guys got to experience that because none of them had before. Well, you guys are certainly going to get a battle next Friday night. It'll be on the road, of course at Riverdale. We'll talk more about the specific opponent uh, coming up next week, but where do you guys have to get better uh, knowing that you're going not just into a hostile environment, but into uh, one of the premier kind of environments and programs in the state of Tennessee? Yeah, obviously a very, very good team. Talented, very well coached, um, and and they're playing really well right now. So um, I, I think, you know, the thing that stands out from last night, we were I think minus one in the turnover battle. Um, you know, we threw an interception that we, we can't throw, uh, and we weren't able to force any turnovers, uh, at least that I remember. So, you know, in order to go on the road and beat a good team, you're probably going to have to get, get a couple of those. So uh, just continue to attack the ball and, and be aggressive defensively and, and offensively take, um, take advantage of our possessions uh, and make sure we're not giving up anything like we did last night. Cookville Cavaliers head coach Taylor Hennigan. Coach, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk to me as always, and we look forward to a big-time matchup next week on the road at Riverdale. Yeah, thank you again. The plays made, the decisions made, the explanations here. The Coach's Roundtable, called the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. Live from Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive, Colin Castleberry with you as long as well as our uh, wonderful promotions, our assistant promotions director, Frankie Rich, always comes out here. I haven't gotten to shout Frankie out this year so far, so I want to make sure I, I give her the shout out. She's been with us all year, uh, doing so great out here uh, with the people, with the food and everything else, so we appreciate her greatly. Uh a surprise to no one, the Bees rolled to a 56-14 win last night at home over Eastridge, 262 rushing yards. They limit Eastridge to a combined one for eight on third and fourth down, and five different Upperman players scored a touchdown. By the way, all five on the ground. It was a masterful game, but still have things to work on. Upperman head coach Adam Kane, kind enough to speak with us for a few minutes, coach. Five different players scoring touchdowns last night. What does that say about your line and your offense against East Ridge last evening? Yeah, uh, you know, that group is, is really uh, kind of embraced the whole idea of improving every week. And, and they work extremely hard. They're really conscientious of, of uh, making sure their assignments are down and, you know, being able to handle all the different fronts they see and uh, work like that in your in your uh, in, you know embrace the, the you know, preparation 
in the way they do. Usually, um, you improve and and you get better every week, and, and they've taken on the role of trying to be a physical group. And um, you know, my, my hats off to them. They're, they're turning into one of the best uh, best uh, offensive lines we've had here, and um, I hope they can uh, continue to do that. On the other side, your defensive line and really your defense as a whole has been fantastic all year. But again, they hold the team to you know one for eight on on third and fourth down. Where do you think your defense this year has found that consistent level of dominance? It's one thing to do that for one week or two or three week stretches, but they've really been able to to dominate like this almost all season. Yeah, um, for the most part. I would say, you know, well, I, I would definitely say this is a, it's a really unselfish group. Um, I think it's a group that really trusts each other uh, to do their job and to be where they're supposed to be. Um, you know, we, we go from senior to sophomore on this start defense, and everybody kind of steps in and plays their role. And, um, you know, we don't have anybody really trying play hero ball or, or, you know, be, we don't have anybody trying to, you know, be mother hen out there and do everybody else's job. It's just a group that um, kind of focuses in on what they've got to do and, and uh, you know, they kind of trust the system and, and trust each other. And, um, they read their piece really quick and, and get to the spots. And, and uh, you know, last night was no different. Um, you know, it's a, it's a a group that plays with a great aggression, and, and when we tackle well, we're, we're a pretty good defense. Of course, I I know you. I know there's always uh, things you see where you feel like this team can get better. Maybe still hasn't played their best game. Where are the spots where the upper men bees have to get better as you obviously uh, continue on here in the postseason? Yeah. I, you know, we got to figure this whole extra thing out. We start first one the other night. Um, you know, if you're going to advance in the playoff, you got to be at a you got to be at a uh, points. Um, so that's a kind of something where we need to shore up um, our kickoff coverage. Is, it's been sporadic all year. Last it was pretty good early on, and then we got what they one pass 35 yard line which I didn't like and you know it, we got to figure out a way to stay focused in that second half last night I, I, I just it felt like I did a poor job of uh, you know having focus coming out after half time I, I just I haven't figured out that whole 42 nothing in half and coming out and, and just being able to finish the game off you know the at the you know, onside kick right there, right after the half, and then, uh, one play, and we had penalties on one play. Next thing you know, they're inside the zone, and uh, you know it's somewhat a meaningless touchdown. But but again, you know you, you finish that thing off a little better than you did there. In the, Speaking of being up forty something, well, forty plus to. To zero or, or even forty plus to kind of seven at the half, you set up a rematch with a team that just two weeks ago 
Uh, you talked about having, you know, circled. The, the guys were super excited to get to play Stone Memorial, and they went out there uh, with a passion and showed it. Now they set up a rematch with Stone Memorial just two weeks later in the postseason, again in Baxter. When you look at that, what is it about Stone that still you've got to key on? And, and certainly, uh, what is it like to see a team just two weeks later, and this time uh, it's a one-game season? Yeah, um, well, the thing about Stone Memorial that, that I think of is they got really, really good players. And, uh, you know, the quarterback is an exceptional player, exceptional talent. Uh, the running back, number four, is a big weapon. Um, they got really good receivers. Uh, you know, one has is, is put up uh, a lot of numbers this year. Uh, just a lot of talent across the board. They're off the line. They got strong kids. Most of them are seniors. Uh, most of them are two-year starters, and uh, most of the guys, those guys, flip over and play defense. And, um, so it's a, it's a really talented team. I don't think anybody that has seen them on film or played against them would, would argue that. Um, any and any time you got talent, um, no, I'm gonna be nervous and scared going in. Uh, you know, the one thing we can take from the earlier matchup is, is uh, you know, we match up pretty well against them as well. So um, I do know we've got good players, too. Um, I think it'll be an entertaining game. Um, I think the biggest thing from that last game was that they had three turnovers in the first, you know, 12 minutes of that game. Uh, if you take those it's probably a lot more even. Um, so we're, we're expecting to get their best shot this time, um, this time around. And, and like you said, it's a one and done deal, and whoever can handle those uh, circumstances the best, and whoever can put their, you know, play the best football on Friday night is going to be the ones that come out of it. And so we, we got nothing but respect for them, um, and their coaches. You know, they got a talented group coming in here. We got to be able to play our best football again. 56 to 14, the dominance of the Upperman Bees last night at home over East Ridge. It was another dominant victory for a team across the Upper Cumberland as they set up a matchup with Stone Memorial. That's right, Stone and Upperman will rematch this upcoming Friday night in Baxter. It was just two weeks ago that the Bees sent a statement to the rest of 4A football when they, I mean, just masterclassed the Stone Memorial Panthers. Stone is looking for some revenge, and we'll catch up with head coach Derek Samber in the postgame of his game last night at Hickson on the high school playbook when we return, built by Mountain Barn Builders. It's the weekly post-game press conference. Your coaches, your teams. The Mountain Barn Builders High School Playbook. Back on the High School Playbook. Built by Mountain Barn Builders. I'm Colin Castleberry. We are live at Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive. Stone Memorial limped their way into the playoffs. Three straight losses to three extremely talented teams. The number one team in 2A, York Institute. The number two team 
in foray in Upperman. And then obviously a demoralizing last-second fluky loss to Macon County that came on a broken PAT play, uh, and their kicker somehow found a way into the end zone. It was uh, last week that happened, and now they had to go on the road this week and visit a house of horrors in Hickson. Last year, their starting quarterback goes down playing Hickson. This year, their starter goes down playing Hickson. The Panthers rally, though, to a 34-14 win, and they set up a rematch with Upperman next week. Several members of the media caught up with head coach Derek Samber post-game last night. This is that interview. I'll stop. Just considering what, what's the past few weeks. Just how's it feel to get this? Yeah, you know, our, our kids uh, had played some good football and had a lot of losses. You know, three losses in a row is not something these seniors are used to. Uh, but the combined record of those teams was 29-1. and one. We'd seen three really good football teams, a Hickson team that deserved to be the two seed over here, 7-3. and three. Uh, And we knew we were playing good ball. It's, it's a testament to our kids and coaches both. Uh, that our kids responded well. You know what I mean? Three-game losing streak, it's easy to come down here. It's cold uh, and just want to go to the house. But our kids never had that. It's historic for us, guys. Uh, If you heard me tell the team, Crossfield, Tennessee, you know, two high schools, two playoff wins before these seniors got into high school. And two playoff wins the last two years. I mean, that's that's historic right there. They're the only class to ever have two playoff wins beside their name. That's pretty cool for those guys, and they deserve it. What did it mean uh, for your defense to come out here and hold a Hickson team on you know in their house to just 14 points? I mean, that's a really talented offense. Yeah, they got some speed to burn. I, I really like that second quarterback they brought in. He could throw it. Uh, but, and super proud of our defense. They played really well. But, no, their first scoring drive, we gave them a couple first downs with penalties. We're disappointed in. I think we had maybe a late hit and then an offsides on fourth and one. So those are things we look to clean up, but super proud of that effort on the defensive side. Anything surprise you? At this point, no. Um, no, I was, I was proud of how we came out and started hot. Kind of a different environment here, you know, kind of a big stadium and not a big crowd. Uh, I told the kids before the game they had to bring their own juice and, and, and make some some energy amongst themselves, and they certainly did that. Hot start. I don't know that we punted in the first half. Uh, I think we scored first four possessions or something like that. Um, so not that that's surprising, but that stands out to me. Um, you know, postseason football, it's big to get a good start. Tell me a little bit about uh, you, you, the key to your engine goes down. Yeah. But, yeah, you fill in with Chris. Just talk about Chris and what he gives you. Yeah, you know, really proud of Chris Hanna. He's a great kid, man. He, he does all the right things. Uh, he's one of those kids that's just he, – he's a joy to coach because the kid he is and the athlete he is. But um, it, it's a weird storyline, Colin. Uh, last year, Hunter Hevelon gets hurt in the first round against Dixon, sure. our starting quarterback last year. And then this year, same thing with Nick. And, and the guys came in and I um, think we scored twice with Chris Hand on the field. So uh, really proud of him, proud of our kids. Never hung our heads. Uh, Would have been easy to lose energy, lose effort, lose focus uh, when, like you said, the, the kind of gas pedal of our offense goes down. We lost him. But our kids responded really well. Is this a spring? Or? Yeah, I mean, Nick's such a tough kid, man. If he can go at all, he'll go. So uh, we plan on getting him in a boot and getting him right for next week. So you said y'all lost three coming into the night. We lost three straight, man. The number one team in 2A, um, number two team in 4A, and then a, a nine and one making. Yeah. yeah, and speaking of that right there, I heard you say it to the team right there. They get another shot at you-know-who. How excited are you? In high school. 
Yeah, you know, uh, our kids know that that wasn't our best foot. If y'all saw that score or saw that film or anything about that game, it wasn't our, our best shot or our best swing. And uh, we certainly are excited to have opportunity to maybe make some amends with that. Stone Memorial after limping their way into the playoffs and then seeing their starting quarterback go down for a second consecutive year taking on the Hickson Wildcats rallied to beat Hickson on the road 34 to 14 and set up a matchup with the Upperman Bees just 2 weeks after Stone Memorial was defeated heavily by Adam Kane and the aforementioned Bees. We'll talk more about that game, excuse me, and we'll talk more about the rest of your playoff matchups from across the UC when we return on the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. The plays made, the decisions made, the explanations here. The coaches roundtable called the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. Back on the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. We're live at Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive. I'm Colin Castleberry. Before we talk upcoming playoff games, let's look back one more time at last night. Run down the scores of interest. Cookville hosting Siegel, a 35-14 winner. Fayetteville defeats Monterey at home, 39-14 themselves. Smith County, a 40-14 win over Forest, while York dominates Eagleton Academy in Jamestown, 61-7. Red Bank hosting DeKalb County, a 30-0 win there for Red Bank after Malachi Trapp was injured in the first quarter. Upperman, a 56-14 win in Baxter over East Ridge. East Robertson dominating Cascade, 42-0. Whitwell, 55-12 over Red Boiling Springs. Macon County, 41-7. <laughs> defeats a very well-respected Loudon program in Macon County. Stone Memorial, despite seeing quarterback Nick Osmond go down, defeats Hickson 34-14, second consecutive year that a Stone Memorial starting quarterback has fallen against Hickson. Nick should be available this upcoming week, though, for those curious. Gordonsville, 13-12, squeaks past Chattanooga Prep, and Clay County bounces back from a rough first half to beat Sale Creek 38-19. to So now let's take a look at who's going to be playing this week. What are the matchups? We will begin there in 1A with Clay County as they will have to head to the location that is maybe the number one team in the state of Tennessee. The debate is probably, is it South Pittsburgh or is it Bradley Central in terms of who is the number one team regardless of classification across the state of Tennessee. South Pitt, again, right there in the conversation, and Clay County will have to go down there and take them on. Whitwell will visit Gordonsville in a, a battle of 8-3 and three and 7-4 and four teams, so that one should be pretty evenly matched. Should be a great ball game. We head to Class 2A, where Bledsoe County will head to Hampton, both teams 9-2, and two, while Oneida will be our first rematch we talk about in the segment. They head back to York Institute, or I suppose they play York Institute again. York went to them, excuse me, earlier in the season. York 
11-0, of course. Oneida now 8-3 after their win in the playoffs. The aforementioned Fayetteville, who defeated Monterey, will now head to Smith County in a battle of 9-2 Smith County, 6-5 Fayetteville. But Fayetteville probably much better than that 6-5 record uh, says. East Robertson goes to Marion County in what could be the game of the night. 10-1 East Robertson, 11-0 Marion County. Uh, that is certainly going to be a ball game you want to check out if you don't have other plans. Skipping over 3A, we head to 4A where Macon County will head to Red Bank. Red Bank, of course, the 30 to nothing win over DeKalb County. Macon County, 10-1 on the year. They have Gabe Borders, who is yet again a Mr. Football finalist. And, of course, we talked about it in 4A. The game for the Upper Cumberland, Stone Memorial at Upperman. This is a game that Upperman was up 40-plus to nothing in the first half. It's a game Adam Kane had talked about with me, that this was a game the team had circled all year. This was a game his guys were amped up for. It's why, uh, despite being undefeated the week prior to playing Stone Memorial, Upperman felt like they played a little shaky because they were looking ahead to that game hosting the Panthers. This time, it's the Panthers who come in with the game circled. Last night, you heard uh, from head coach Derek Samber, who even talked about that he told his guys, you get another shot at you-know-who. And they are absolutely ready for that shot. We'll have to keep an eye on Stone Memorial quarterback Nick Osmond, who is projected to play, was walking around, putting weight on his uh, lower body injury last night. But... What percentage will he be at? Will he be 100% himself? All things to keep an eye on throughout the week as we talk with both schools on ucsportsnation.com and across the Stonecom family of stations. Finally, we end it in 6A, where I would argue you will get the game of the, the game of the week across the state of Tennessee. Maryville going to Bradley Central. Boo Carter taking on the Maryville, who is, of course, one of the best programs in the state of Tennessee. It's the closest game Bradley Central had all year, a 21-14 final, I believe. If you don't have other plans, might want to head down to Cleveland. The game you're going to be interested in, that's Cookville, visiting an old rival, Riverdale. 9-2 and two Riverdale will play host to 8-3 and three Cookville, who, of course, is now on a six-game winning streak after hosting and defeating Siegel last night, 35-14. So a lot of great games across the Upper Cumberland. Again, one more time, just to run down the schedule this upcoming week, Clay County will be at South Pittsburgh. Whitwell will be at Gordonsville. York will play host to Oneida. Bledsoe County will be at Hampton. Fayetteville at Smith County. East Robertson at Marion County in 4A. It's Macon County heading to Red Bank and Stone Memorial coming back to Baxter to take on Upperman. And in 6A, Cookville heads to Riverdale. I'm Colin Castleberry. We've been live at Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive. Thank you to Frankie Rich and everybody else listening. This has been the High School Playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. The High School Playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. Add space to your home. Protect your cars and boats. A new workshop or she shed. Mountain Barn Builders will build it mountain strong. MountainBarnBuilders.com. The prep conversation continues all week, including today's show on demand. UCSportsNation.com.